Hey, everyone, and welcome to Dollars and Cents with Clench Powell. I'm Rebecca Stace. Uh, my co-host can't be here today, but we are honored to have Elizabeth Grisham, who's one of our uh, financial coaches and head certified housing counselors, to join us today. How are you doing, Liz? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I call her Liz sometimes, but her name is Elizabeth, but just kind of meet like me. My name is Rebecca. Some people call me Becca or Becky. So, so I may use it interchangeably. That's what I'm saying. So, so we're really excited to have Liz here. And the reason why we want to talk about loan debt and student loan debt specifically. And so I know for me, I have, and it's a shame. This is, it's a shameful thing to share publicly, (laughs) but I still have student loan debt. I uh, went to college initially in the late, in the early nineties. And then um, a lot of it was paid by the military. I'm a veteran. So a lot of the reason why I joined the military was to pay for school, but I still acquired debt. And the reason why I acquired it is because I didn't know anything about it because if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have, I would have done everything within my power to not get any student loan debt. And so what about you, Liz? What's been your experience with, with student loan debt? Um, well, I have, I'm not a veteran. Thank you for your service. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but I do have, I still have student loan debt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have kind of a similar experience there. Uh, you know, when, I'm not going to say exactly how many years ago, <laughs> but when I graduated high school and and went off to school, Mm -hmm. there was not a lot of information out there. You went to an orientation, you signed a bunch of papers, college is paid for, you're good. And it was very fast paced. I just can remember literally moving from this table to this table to this table with my mom, Mm -hmm. who was with me, thankfully, but I was a first generation college student. And so my mom had no idea Mm -mm. about any of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was all very fast paced. So you end up, we ended up signing up for a lot that we didn't know we were signing up for. Yeah. Um, I do think that it's better. More education is provided now, yeah, but it, yeah. it is still very overwhelming. I think I'm currently, as we speak, going through this with my son, who's a senior in high school. Yeah. And yeah. so we're attending all of the, you know, the events and the orientations and all that. And mm-hmm. even with the information that's available now, it's still not as detailed. It's all very fast paced. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's hard to understand. It's, it's almost like it's by design. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like, you know, they just rush people through and not really educate so that everyone's going to sign up for everything. Yeah. And so, you know, so it's important. Right. And so, as we know, on our podcast and our radio show, we talk about things that matter, you know, family, finances, community, the environment. Mm-hmm. And so this matters because there's a lot of people and I don't know if we have any stats or anything, Elizabeth, but. There's a lot of people that are drowning oh, in student loan debt. Do yes. you do you have any facts or anything I you do. can share? So I recently attended. Uh, we you know we do training yeah. periodically to stay up to date on things. Yeah. And I recently um, attended a, a training on student loan debt. Yeah, it was fantastic. Awesome. Um, I'm going to give credit to Diversified Resources, which is an organization that provides some of our training, and it was fantastic. Great. Um, currently, 1.7 trillion in total U.S. student loan debt. Wow. Uh, 45 plus million Americans with student loan debt. Average student loan payments are 390 or more per month. I mean, that's a car payment or better. Yeah. Very yeah. challenging. Yeah. 10 million borrowers are in default, which means they're mm-hmm. not paying their loans as they should. Yeah. Uh, 8.26 million borrowers are, enroll- are enrolled in an income-driven repayment mm-hmm. plan, which we're going to talk a little bit about in a few minutes. Yeah. 
and um, only 300,000 borrowers are voluntary, voluntarily paying back loans during a forbearance or pause. So wow. there are times when your loan repayment can be mm -hmm. paused, right? like during COVID or the six months after you graduated school or, yeah. or whatever. And um, of 1.7 trillion, uh, in, you know, 45 plus million Americans in debt, only 300,000 are pay, voluntarily paying back during pause, which means a lot of people are taking advantage of that, but that means they're not paying their stuff. So, yeah. And it adds up. Don't go away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, sometimes, but not really. <laughs> so, wow. So only 300,000 voluntarily pay. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, conversations I have with people, people are like, Ugh, it's kind of like the last thing that you want to pay. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things that if you don't pay or you're not in a forbearance or in a status, mm -hmm. then it could in negatively impact credit. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say is um, like, how can if you've already got student debt, I mean, obviously there's how, what, 1.7 trillion, you said? Mm -hmm. In U.S. student debt. In U.S. student debt alone. So how can we, Elizabeth, how can a person who's already in this, that like you and I, we, we have student loans, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. How can they either reduce their payments or is there anything they can do? Or maybe if they're having a financial hardship, maybe they're only working part time or they've had a sickness or something. Are there options for people to be able to manage that, to either pause or get a reduced? There amount? are. There are a lot of options. Okay. Um, and so, but again, a little bit difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. Studentaid.gov is a website where you can find this all this information. That's where it starts. It's all available to the public. Mm -hmm. But there are, there are forbearances. So if you're having a specific kind of hardship, mm -hmm. loss of income, illness, um, even there's there's types of forbearances for all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. Um, increasing expenses. Um, you can do that. There are income-based repayment plans, which is the big thing. And I'm gonna talk about some deadlines in a few minutes. If you <clears throat> have not applied, no matter what your income level is, you should just go apply for an income-based repayment plan mm -hmm. because you it doesn't hurt to try. A lot of people are getting qualified for one of those. And that's also one of the requirements for mm -hmm. getting into some of the forgiveness programs that are out there. You have to be in the, in that plan. Okay. And there are different kinds. Um, but yeah, forbearance. Um, there's also, if you're really far behind, mm -hmm. um, all, already in default, Oh yeah. there are options for getting out. Student loan debt's easy to get into, not so easy to get out of. But I will say this even before all of the talk over recent years, um, right. there is a, there have always been programs to help people get back on track. So you just have to know how to access them. That's kind mm. of getting there. So um, of course that's something that we can help with, mm -hmm. but again, studentaid.gov is a good re uh, re resource. Right. So definitely studentaid.gov. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that we, um, Whenever we're finalizing this podcast, we'll put that in uh, when we launch it on our page or publish it on our page. We'll make sure that that address is included as a resource. Mm -hmm. I know that for me, like times when, you know, as a single mom and I just didn't have the money and I would apply for those. And I always they were always almost gracious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think that there is a lot of flexibility with the student loans, with studentaid.gov with the government programs, the U.S. Department of Education. Are they the ones that give? They are. They that's are. a good yeah. point yeah. because those programs really only apply to government-based student loans. Mm. Unfortunately for folks who have private student loans, 
parent plus loans, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there's not quite so many options. Now, oh. some of the lenders and banks with those programs, they they have their own stuff that they do to provide um relief, mm -hmm. but it is definitely not at the level that hmm. the government backed loans are. Okay. And I think mine were all um Pell Grants. Mm -hmm. And what are some other that you know of? Well, Pell well, Grant, you yeah, know, I don't like the payback, <laughs> but mine was a subsidized, subsidized right. loan. Yeah. So there are, um, the direct loans are either subsidized or unsubsidized. Yeah. Now with the student loan, with the student loans, the U.S. government is your lender. Now you may have various servicers. So, and gotcha. they've changed some over mm -hmm. the last few years. You've probably gotten some, um, letters in the mail if you have student loans and your service is changing because there's been a change in hands. Mm -hmm. uh, the lender is the, is the government. So there are two different mm -hmm. kinds. There's um, there's direct subsidized and direct unsubsidized. Mm -hmm. And the difference is that the subsidized loans do not accrue interest while you're in deferment, while you're in school, um, and the unsubsidized loans do. That's the difference. Huh. So um, you're going to pay a little bit more in interest, not the interest rate, but just the general interest um, accruement during the loan process with mm -hmm. subsidized versus unsubsidized. Nice. So as you can tell, there's a lot of information about this and we're going to kind of scratch the surface really, because we could, we could spend hours talking about this one topic, mm -hmm. but what about a person like your son? Mm -hmm who's in high school, who's doing well, but may need some financial assistance. What are the pros of getting a student loan versus trying to get grants or scholarships that you don't have to pay back? And what are the drawbacks? So what are the pros and cons of actually being a young person, starting out in life and accruing some debt? What are the pros and cons? Okay. So the pro, um, the primary pro to getting, there's two. Mm -hmm. One is it gives you access to go to college if you don't have the funds up front. Yeah. Um, that's just, and some people really need to do that. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is that it does actually establish credit. So you, you are beginning to build some credit mm -hmm. um, with student loans if you pay them like you should. Now that benefit comes a little later because in most cases, you're not actually paying that while you're in school. Yeah. You have six months from the time of graduation to actually start paying them. Um, but once you're, you know, that's already a, an established line of credit that you didn't have to have a credit score to get, <laughs> so, you, that, you know, I, plus, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Um, okay. But now the drawbacks, obviously I, I suggest always start with as much aid grant and scholarships as you can before you move to loans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you ever, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are going to end up needing to take out some loans. You just can't get around it in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, I'm going to brag on the state of Tennessee. I know there are some other states doing this, but in okay. the last few years in our, in our country, Tennessee's really led the march against student loan debt by mm -hmm. doing Tennessee promise. Yeah. You know, you can reduce, you can go do associate's degree, technical schools, at no cost, basically, with Tennessee Promise. And even if you intend to go um, to a four-year university, mm -hmm. there's still basically two years you've gotten in without having to pay for it. So that's fantastic. Take advantage Jeez. of that. Yeah. Um, hmm. And there, I, will, I, I hope I'm not stepping out of bounds by saying this, mm -hmm. but I know the University of Tennessee actually even has what they call UT Promise, that if you qualify, um, and I, I may, I want to double, 
let me double check the income limit, but I know last year for a family of less than $60,000 in income, you can qualify for UT Promise and actually get four years tuition paid. It's a last dollar scholarship like wow. Tennessee Promise. Now, what that means is that it comes up and picks up everything else that hasn't been paid by your other scholarships and aid yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, so great things to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. But also, if you do find that you're going to need to take out some loans, just remember, read the fine print, listen, ask questions. Those loan officers and, you know, college staff people want your business. Mm -hmm. Make them answer your questions. <laughs> <laughs> You know, read up a little bit, um, keep, take a notebook with you, have some questions ahead. Also, big thing, you do not have to take everything that's offered to you. You take you what go. you need. That's right. So have a conversation with your family before you go, go through all this process. Mom, dad, or son, daughter, whatever you got going on. Yeah. Um, you know, how much am I really, am I going to be able to work? Is that feasible for me to work while I'm in school? Will yeah. I need money to Pad, a lot of times that's what people with student loans do. They pad their bank account so yeah. they can live mm -hmm. while they're in school. And I get it. Yeah. Uh, um, college is difficult, challenging. A lot of parents don't want their kids to have to work. Yeah. They want to be able to focus on grades. You're paying good money for that education. You want to make sure it's good. The grades are good. Um, but, you know, can I work? What are my options there? Uh, work study is, is through the whole, you know, aid process. You mm -hmm. can earn a little bit of cash that way. Um, how much support will I need? Have those conversations about how much loan you actually think you need. Look at tuition. Look at what you think you're going to need for books. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is laid out on the college websites, their actual costs. There's not oh, yeah. a lot of hidden costs mm -hmm. when it mm -hmm. comes to applying for college. It's true. Um, you just have to look and read and ask. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you've got room and board, tuition, meal plans, books, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, you know, figure it out, have a game plan. And yeah. then when you show up, ask the questions you need and don't take more than you have to. Yeah. Excellent advice. And I wish, you know, my parents, I wasn't a first generation. I had older brothers that went to college, but my mom and dad, neither one graduated high school. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes maybe I could have taken, when I went, I should have taken my older brother, one of my older brothers. And I didn't, I just said, I got it, you know, mm -hmm. but I did none of that advice. I didn't have. Yeah. Right. And I think that you know, young people today, it's tough. Like our economy is in a, it's a tough situation. So if you're facing, you know, you could have a full ride scholarship, but you're still starving. You don't have money to eat. Exactly. And that's what, you know, looking back, I wish I hadn't taken those loans. My tuition was paid a hundred percent and I was working. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't because I was uninformed. Yeah. And so I just took it and said, Hey, I need this money. money. It helped pay for, you know, Things when money got tight, I wasn't making a lot of money working at a gas station, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, it, it helped when things were tight. It helped when I needed, um, you know, food, it helped, you know, to kind of, uh, but a lot of it was blown. I'm going to yeah. be honest, mm -hmm. you know, like it was not, <laughs> it, it just, I think that, you know, just to reinforce what you said, having someone who's been through it mm -hmm. and having someone like this lady, right, to talk to before you go. If you don't have a family member, if you don't have anyone in your family that kind of knows the ropes, here at Clinch Pal, we do. We know the ropes. We kind of know the pros and cons. We know what advice to give, what questions maybe help develop some questions to ask so that you can go in and make the best decision for you so that you don't end up being 52 and still owing student loan debt. It's yeah. not cool. <laughs> I'm not proud of that at all, but it's the truth, right? And so we all have our journeys and we all have our experiences, but student loan debt, 
1.7 trillion, a little bit of that is mine. A little bit of that is yours, you know, and stuff that, you know, we want to make sure that we as an organization, we want to help folks make the best decisions so they don't kind of get hung up on the traps that some of us have, right? right? And that's our secret sauce here, as I've said many times, is we have a lived experience, right? So we don't just learn this from school and we regurgitate it back. We actually lived it and we've learned it and we want to help as many people as we can. Yeah. So how can, well, you talked a little bit about how people can avoid student loans. Mm -hmm. But so let's get into like, do we have, um, you, you talked about, um, student loan forgiveness. And I know that's been a hot topic, right? And there was some a lot of controversy around student loan forgiveness. Like what, what should people know about it? Is there any updates that you're aware of? There What's... are. So uh, not so much specific. Well, it is related to forgiveness, but not specifically. Yeah. There's a lot of changes. So we've, okay. we've recently come out of the COVID forbearance. As of this month, in fact, mm -hmm. um, all of those, you don't have to pay during the COVID pandemic. That's all come and do. Payments are starting again as of October. Okay. okay. Um, so we've got October, you know, 1st through 30th payments begin. Um, you this is where you want to start if you are not already. And even if you are, you have to do this annually. You want mm -hmm. to recertify your income-based repayment plan. Okay. Um start at again, studentaid.gov, important website. Lots of great websites out there, but that one is the real deal um and a lot of them are real but that's where it begins but a lot of them are scams oh yeah you gotta be careful <laughs> yeah be careful yeah. no anything that is i'm not going to say nothing legit charges because there are legit organizations that charge for some services but mm -hmm. in, information with for student loan debt is free uh, start there you know we can and we can actually put out a list of reputable yeah. resources yeah um you know, you want to just be real careful. Look for .orgs rather than .coms, although even sometimes a .org. Just do do a quick search. Anytime you run across any type of website or anything offering a service, especially if they are charging, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't take two minutes to type in the name of their business into Google and just put scam. And if there is a scam, <laughs> it will come up. So do and .gov. I mean, because yeah, this, these, you know, student loans are government loans, as Elizabeth mentioned. Yes. So look for that mm -hmm. .gov extension. Right. Yeah. So payments are beginning to be made again mm -hmm. after the forbearance. Um, they are looking now at revising and kind of revamping the income-based repayment plan program. Mm -hmm. um, none of that is 100% written in stone yet the implementation implementation date um is not out yet but they're looking at raising the income limits a little bit Good. so that uh, there's a slightly higher cap on who can qualify for income-based repayment plans mm -hmm. um how they work like again we don't have a lot of details this stuff is all in talks right now yeah um you do want to make sure that so there's starting payment you know you're getting your invoices you're getting your mm -hmm. bills payments resuming now collections will begin by September of 2024. So they're going to give you until September of 24 to get your payment rolling. Yeah. You need to One start time. in October, but if it's not, you're not gotten yourself rolling by September of 2024, they're going to start putting you in collections, which yes. impacts your credit. Yes. Um. So you don't want to do that. Um. Mm. And again, December 31st. So if you need to consolidate, and this is 
this is more than we really have time to cover on a podcast, but <laughs> right. some of your income-based repayment plans yeah. um, do you to qualify for them or to get all of your loans, depending on the type of loan you have, you need to consolidate your debt okay. into one wow. loan or mm -hmm. one type of loan. So deadline for that's December 31st of this year. Oh. So you only have a couple of months. And again, you can find that information on studentaid.gov. But if that's something, if you're looking at applying for an income-based repayment plan, right. needing to know what route do I need to take, which plan is best for me, um, and you know, you find it confusing to go through the process online, mm -hmm. give us a call. We'll walk you through it. Like I said, I've just come out of some great training that was very helpful, even to me, stuff yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, so big deadline for that December 31st of this year, make sure you have your that. consolidation, but in order to do that, you need to know what kind of income debt repayment plan you're doing. So we mm. need to take a look at that. Okay. And all those are available. Um, let's see. Yeah. I just got an email. I get, um, through my servicer, I get the email um, notifications. They don't give me messages, but they say, we have a message for you. And I thought, I, I said, yep. yeah, this, and I just got it uh, early this morning. So I think they're trying to tell me your loans, uh, the forbearance is over. <laughs> time, to pay your, time to pay the loans. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> so the new, the new changes that they're looking at for um, income-based repayment plans is it's, mm -hmm. again, I said before, it's looking at raising the income limit from 150% mm -hmm. of the poverty guideline up to 225. Ooh, that's good. So yeah, that is good. And I know those are, those numbers may not mean a whole lot to some of y'all, but basically it just means that poverty is here. You know, if you're 150%, even up to 150% above the poverty line, you can still qualify for this. And now it's 225. Yeah. So that's good. Um, if the original balance of the undergraduate loans were less than $12,000, um, possibility they'd be forgiven if 10 years of payments have been made. Mm -hmm. So just smaller. Now, again, lots of controversy on yeah. the debt forgiveness. Yeah. Um, in fact, right now, because the original plan that the current administration put in place, you know, Supreme Court mm -hmm. basically said, no, can't do that. Right. And, you know, okay. not, not here to be political, but that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. So one way or the other. Yeah. He's got a plan B. Okay. And they're now doing um, what's looking at they're still wanting to implement some forgiveness, but it's more targeted. Okay. So it's always been available for certain, like if you work in a service, not for a nonprofit yeah. or in uh, nursing, medical yeah. field, Teachers. rural communities, mm -hmm. teaching, if you're willing to go to a, a place where people don't really want to work because they can't make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. They're offering, you know, offering to forgive your debt if you, if you do that for mm -hmm. work there for a period of 10 years. Um, but they're now focusing on borrowers. This new talk, the new talks they're having about mm -hmm. the changes that are coming up is borrowers whose balance is larger now than when they originally borrowed. So like <laughs> if you've, if it's grown instead of reduced, um, borrowers whose loans were first entered in repayment decades ago. So they're essentially looking, they're targeting people who have student loans <laughs> who have either been paying, trying yeah. to pay or whatever for decades and still don't have it paid off. The balance has actually grown because they keep having to roll stuff and all yeah. that. And that interest, it, it accrues. It does. Yeah. Um, uh, borrowers who are eligible for relief under programs like the Income Driven Repayment Plan. Yeah. And borrowers who have experienced a very specific financial hardship for yeah. various reasons. So yeah. still looking at doing some loan forgiveness. We have, this is very early in talks, literally yeah. just started meetings this month. Oh, wow. So no details there, but he does have a plan B. Um, the current administration does it. They're working on. Who knows what will happen, yeah. but it's more targeted for people who, I guess, have more need instead of just the go. last one was everybody. 
and everybody got upset about it. <laughs> so, you know, people who don't have student loan debt are like, why should I have to pay? And, and you can see both sides. Yeah, but yeah. either way, there's yeah. a it's more targeted. Yeah, so more news to come when we know, we'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so we do try to stay on top of that. And so, you know, as Elizabeth mentioned, you know, if you are facing those things, you know. You can give us a call. Our number is 865-828-5927. We're located in Rutledge, Tennessee, but we can do a phone conversation with you regardless of where you are in Tennessee. So we want you to know that we're here as a resource uh, to help you uh, along the way. And so we like to say that we help meet people where they are and we help them get to where they want to be. And you're, where you are might not be where I am and might not be where Elizabeth is, but we will not judge you, right? But we will help you get from point A to point Z and whatever your point Z is, is okay. But ultimately it's about education, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so Liz, as a financial coach, let's say, you know, um, Mary is out there and Mary's like, you know, I really, I really need to get a handle on this, uh, this loan debt. I've, it's been hanging over my head. Mm -hmm. If they called and talked to you, Liz, what kind of things could you help a person? If Mary called, what could you help her get through? What, sure. what service could we provide? Yeah. So if it, if it was specifically related to student loan debt, I'm assuming that's what we're talking about. Sure, so the sure. first thing that we would do is I would help her determine if she doesn't already know how much she actually has. Right. right. I mean, there's, you know, again, student.gov, I keep saying it there, you get a, you may have to set up a create an account, set a password. We'd start there, how much yeah. we got, what kind of loans are there and help her determine what options are available for her. Okay. And then once the options are laid out, we would, really look and go, okay, let's talk about how this one's going to impact you a mm -hmm. few years down the road, how this one's going to impact you, what's going to cause, what's going to create the most immediate relief. And then we'll take that and weigh it against what is, is that immediate relief now going to cause hardship later on? Yeah. Or do we need to do something different now so that the relief is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. You can take some quick fixes and they're legit. They yeah. work. They might really be what you need. It may be the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when you're looking at those quick fix options, which some of these things are quick fix options. Yeah, yeah. Default, you know, it's like I'm looking at for forbearance versus, um, you know, other things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Do we want to do the quick fix or do we want to take this route because in the long run you'll end up better off? So yeah, yeah. we'll just look at all the options and determine what is the best path for the individual because everybody's yeah. situation is different. Yeah, and that's, that's good. And and the great thing about the services we whether it's student loan debt or your credit is messed up, you have some medical bills or whatever the situation, mm -hmm. we have financial coaches that you can call and our services are free. Yes. That's the great thing. And, uh, you know, and we've talked about scams before and people that are trying to, you know, get money from you to fix your credit. We can do that and help you. We don't have a magic wand and we can't do it for you, but we can help you understand what your options are so you can get yourself in a better financial situation. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, after all, you know, life, you know, the punches <laughs> that we've all experienced in life and the financial woes and ups and downs, financial security and financial stability is one of the, uh, I would say, one of the best feelings inside when you can sleep at night mm -hmm. and you don't have they used to say what the fox was at the door or something oh, yeah. like that yeah. a, a saying like that like the, I think it's the wolf the wolf <laughs> fox wolf you know but the wolf's at the door that Foxes that means they're kind of cute they are and, but the wolves are mean right <laughs> like from little red riding but but the wolf is at the door meaning the bill collectors yeah they're coming to get their money and so and and living that and understanding that we just want to help you 
We want to help folks so that either A, you don't get in that situation where the wolf's at the door or B, that you have a plan so that you can avoid him even coming, right? And you can make the right payments and the right choices, like Elizabeth said, that are going to impact you now or later, okay? So Liz or Elizabeth, what <laughs> I know. So what what would you how would someone get in contact with you? What's the best way to reach out to Elizabeth? Okay, so you can call our office 865-828-5927, mm-hmm. or you can email me directly at Elizabeth at clinchpal.net. So um, Elizabeth with a Z. You can find me on our website too if you want to do that. So yeah. um you can send a message to us via Facebook and our mm-hmm. social media folks will get you to the right person. Mm-hmm. Um so that's there's lots of ways. Yeah, tons of ways. Mm-hmm. And so we really try to be open and you like she said you or can any go of our social media. Yeah, any of our social media we're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, as well as Twitter X. And you can always go to our website. That's where you can find most of the information you might need to connect with us, to learn about us. And that is clinchpowell.net. And so we'd love to see you and we'd love to help you and and spread this, share this podcast. So that if you know other people, because there's a lot of us, (laughs) there's millions of people who are dealing with student loan debt. So if you know some folks, share this podcast with them, share studentaid.gov and any of the other links that we're going to provide in our caption once we post this podcast. So any other thoughts, Elizabeth, before we wrap it up? Uh, No, uh, just, I would say, just don't stick your head in the sand, address it, and there you go. It's that simple, y'all. All right, we'll talk to you soon.